Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. John Smith. He is a consulting veterinarian for Electrion, which is based in Baldwin, Georgia. John, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Now, I don't know if this is a good association, but when most people think of John Smith, well, they think of a lot of good things, but they also think about infectious bronchitis. How did you develop that association? I think because I've had so much difficulty with it over the years, and you, you know, you'd like, I, I quote my, uh, my good friend Steve Roney, who was talking about infectious bursal disease, and said, you know, you think if I, if I knew so much about it, I wouldn't have so much trouble with it. So over the years, it's been the number one problem in my operation. What makes infectious bronchitis such a big problem? I mean, and particularly in, in, in Georgia, it just seems to be a hotbed. Yeah, I think for that it virus. is. You know, and, and I think for years it was Delmarva, and uh, to some extent it still is. And then Georgia has kind of emerged. Uh, there have been some serotypes come out of Arkansas. And I think the, the, what those areas have in common are dense populations of chickens that are turning over rapidly. So, for instance, now in North Georgia, we've, I was counting it up uh, earlier today, I think there are like seven complexes in our one area. Uh, we're all growing different sizes of birds. Our farms are all intermixed. We're using different vaccination programs. And I think that's a, a recipe uh, for these things to persist, and not only to persist, but to, to change and emerge. Uh, a, a lot of the problem is related just to the nature of that virus. When it replicates, it makes mistakes. It doesn't proofread those mistakes very well. Most of those mistakes are probably not an advantage to the virus. Uh, and and those, those viruses don't survive and we never see them. But once in a great while, and it's just a numbers game, uh, one of those changes or mistakes will give that virus a competitive advantage. And the big one is if the surface coat changes and the antibodies that your current vaccines are generating no longer recognize it and then that virus has got a competitive advantage and, uh, and it takes off. So that's a, uh, a random event, but when you've got that many chickens and you're pouring live virus vaccines into the chickens, which are replicating, numerically you've increased the odds that periodically you're going to get a new one and it's going to take hold and give you some trouble. So that's that's what's happening, I think. So on one hand, I mean, we're, we're using vaccines to prevent the disease, but you were saying before about, you know, these seven different complexes all using different vaccines. How does that contribute to the problem? It definitely contributes. Uh, it, it's providing the raw material for the mutation and emergence. And it's, you know, it's a catch-22. Uh, we can't live without the vaccines. But the use of the vaccines, as I say, it is providing the raw material to generate new serotypes um, and, and keeping the problem going. Is there, maybe this is naive to think or even ask, but is there a way to get these managers of these seven complexes together and agree on the same vaccine strategy so that they're all using the same type of vaccine so you don't have this infectious bronchitis cocktail brewing out there. If you can get that done, I've got a new career for you and you'll be very <laughs> successful. Um, you know, we have difficulty getting together on, on infectious laryngotracheitis. And you know, I, I laugh, but, but they've got different objectives. In those, those complexes, we're growing anywhere from a, you know, a four and a half to a nine pound bird. And the management of those, those different programs has to be different. Um, 
and you know, I, I used to, to, to get in these LT meetings and argue that we've got to do it this way. And I guess, you know, as I've gotten older, I realize that people have, have uh, different objectives. Uh, they've got different pressures. And you know, who am I to dictate what, what you're going to do? I don't want you restricting my choices. So yeah, it would be nice if we could do that, but I think that, that is gonna be a difficult thing to do. Let's talk about the different variants. Um, two that come to mind have, have Georgia in them. There's Georgia 13, I guess there's Georgia 08. 08. And there was a Georgia 07. There was. And then even going further back, there was like a Georgia 98, yep. I think, at one point. Yep. So again, it gets back to Georgia being kind of the, the hotbed, or at least having being a reputation yeah, and, for having And I think, you know, so, so uh, Delaware 072 was a new variant. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the original ones, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, you think about those names, they arose up there in the Northeast where the chicken industry used to be concentrated. So I think it, it, you know, it follows the concentration. The other big one is Arkansas 99. So you know, there you have another dense poultry area. So I, I, think, uh, I think that's, that's the reason. That, that and our strategy of living with these modified live virus vaccines and, and pouring them into these large populations. So I guess the good news, though, is you can't have a new vaccine for every uh, variant that comes along. Well, maybe you could, but practically speaking, it's difficult, it's difficult right, yeah. especially a commercial vaccine. Uh, the good news is there's a lot of cross-protection. Is that correct? No. No. There's very little cross-protection, and that's part of the problem. Um, they're, they're called serotypes for a reason. and. Uh, Basically, Massachusetts will not give any significant degree of protection against Arkansas. And uh, as I learned, Arkansas will not give any significant de degree of protection against Georgia 08 or, or Georgia 13. Now, that's not to say there's none. Uh, I think if you use a, a, a very aggressive vaccine virus that promotes a lot of cell-mediated immunity and high levels of antibody, um, there are probably other antigens involved in protection besides the spike protein, which is the main determinant. And to the extent that those other antigens are involved, you may get some minor dampening uh, of, of one serotype by being a very aggressive with, with a different one. Uh, I, I think my experience at least has been that that degree of protection is basically pretty inadequate to protect against a clinical problem. Particularly, you know, these broilers are growing very fast. They're, uh, particularly in the winter when we have the problem, the air quality can suffer. The bronchitis virus doesn't kill the chicken. It just damages the defense mechanisms. And then what causes the death and the condemnation is the secondary bacterial invaders. So you've got to actually be uh, pretty robust in your protection to prevent those secondary problems in the environment that that chicken's in. So that's why the, the best solution is, is to match your vaccine serotype as closely as possible with your challenge. And you know, that we see that with, with uh, influenza is the perfect example. Close matching is very important, particularly if you want to get sterilizing immunity that stops the spread and the shed, which would be the optimum outcome. Um, now, there's a, there's a lot of interest of late in this cross-protection phenomenon of, of mixing A and B and getting some degree of protection against C. Um, I have 
been somewhat skeptical of that, but I'm hearing more and more reports that with certain combinations against certain viruses, there may be some clinically significant degree of protection. I think there, there's no way to predict that though. It's really hit or miss. And so you've got to either invest in some fairly extensive laboratory trials or take a shot and take it in the field and see. If they're combinations of existing approved vaccines and serotypes that are already in the area, there's not a lot of risk in doing that. If you're talking about bringing in a new serotype that's not already in your area, uh, then you're taking a little more risk because you're introducing a live virus and you may or may not be able to get loose from it you know, once you've done that. So it's, it's a complicated uh, situation. Certainly, you know, if, if, we could, if we could come up with a pan-serotypic vaccine, that's the holy grail. I think that's going to be very difficult. Um, I, I've often thought that if we could come up with some sort of a platform that's that, that antigen is riding on the back of something other than a bronchitis. That might alleviate a lot of these problems we're talking about with the generation of, of new variants. Um, if somebody could come up with a non-replicating vaccine that could be mass administered, that would be great. I think that's gonna be very difficult. So, uh, you know, uh, there's hope in the future, but uh, it's, it's not gonna be easy. So in the meantime, I mean, it's exciting to think about those possible developments, but what should producers and veterinarians be doing now to try to, you know, get that match with the serotype to the vaccine? Yeah, how, yeah, do they, a, how do they pull this together? What, what we need to be doing now to try to control it is uh, a number of things. Biosecurity, obviously. Now, this virus is highly infectious and it's everywhere. And in an area like Georgia, that, that's a tall order, but every bit helps. Um, you know, I think the influenza situation has called, caused a lot of us to tighten that up. Um, we probably need to do more, but that's very important. Good management to reduce those secondary stressors and to try to, to uh, improve our air quality, particularly in the winter. Uh, careful monitoring to, uh, you know, to try to spot the onset of, a, of an emerging clinical problem as early as possible. Um, I think once you, once you have evidence that you have a, an emerging problem, you need to get your, your uh, hands on the virus, get it clearly identified, which today, uh, particularly in developed countries, is fairly easy with these sequencing techniques we have. As far as trying to pick uh, a different serotype to use against an existing one, um, you have to go to, to, to control trials and batteries in a lab to get an idea. And then it's a matter of taking the leap and taking it to the field. And I know you have a lot of experience with autogenous vaccines, not just using them, but also making them. Um, where do you, where is it best to use autogenous? Where is it best to go with a commercial vaccine? I think a commercial vaccine is always preferable. They're, they're made by companies who are very good at what they do. Uh, they're strictly regulated by USDA. And so we've got great confidence in those products. Uh, you know, I'm in the broiler business, I'm not in the vaccine business. And, and I, think, I think you resort to doing something like that with a modified live virus vaccine as a last resort. Now, I've, you know, because of the area that I'm in and the, and the losses that we suffered, uh, it became feasible to do that. But it's, it's not an easy thing and it's not something that you want to take lightly. 
One final question. I know when a lot of producers are sometimes chasing their tail with infectious bronchitis, trying to figure out the best vaccine or combination to use, uh, it does open up the door for secondary infections. What has been your experience with that? Well, that's clearly the, the biggest source of the losses with that, that virus is E. coli it was, is the big issue. Um, you know, the obvious answer to that is to treat with antibiotics. Uh, clearly, that's becoming more problematic. Uh, you know, the company that, that I've worked with is antibiotic-free, and so you try to avoid, avoid that to, to the extent that you can. And e even where you're allowed to treat fairly uh, readily, we don't have many good drugs anymore. Uh, the, the ones that are, are uh, still available to us are not that effective. So again, it comes down to good biosecurity, good management, um, trying to match your vaccine as closely as possible, uh, rigorous, careful administration. Uh, that's, I think, what we can do to try to control it.